I want you to take your Bible. Turn to the book of John chapter 3. Title of my message today, if we're going to have one, is called The Price is Right. You ever heard that title before? All you women probably have heard The Price is Right. Everything you bought, the price was right. <laughs> you just had to have it. But I, I want to talk to you about The Price is Right from a different perspective, as you might imagine. I want you to take your Bible and turn to the book of John chapter 3. And I want you to notice in, in verse 16. You probably have heard verse 16 before. But I want you to be convinced that the price is right. When it came to salvation, you and I were in debt. Jesus Christ went to the cross and he paid the debt in full. So the price was right. He paid for all the sins of all the world and God the Father was pleased to bruise his son. He was satisfied. Propitiation means God was satisfied with the payment that was made. So we need to understand, yes, we are saved by grace because the price was right. Somebody already paid it and paid it in full. And there's nothing that you and I have to do to add to that. So you notice in verse 16, he makes this statement. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. I believe God wants the whole world to hear the gospel and to believe so they can be saved. You see, the reason for Christ making that payment for all the sins of the world is because God did not want us to have to stand before God at the great white throne judgment and be cast into a literal fire burning hell. He eliminated the wrath that would have been poured out upon us because if Christ had not done what he did, I would have had no hope. And the wrath of God would have been poured out upon me. Now look what he says in verse 18. In verse 18 he says, He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned when? Already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son. That's the reason people go to hell. You see, the payment for sin has been made. They're not going to hell because, well, sometime in their life they committed a lie or they committed homosexuality or they committed adultery because they... No, no, no. The sins have been paid. The sin of unbelief. That's why people are spending eternity suffering. They will not believe it. He that believeth is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Now look in verse 36. He that believeth on the Son... Half, present tense, half, right? Now, half what? Everlasting life. When would you get it? When you believe it. He that believeth, half, present tense, half, right? Now. And the last part of that verse says, And he that believeth not, the son shall not see life, but get the last part of it. The wrath of God abideth upon him. You see, there is a price that has to be paid. He paid the price, but it's foolish for a person to hear this and, and then reject it and spend an eternity separated from the Lord. Now, I want you to turn in your Bible to the book of Romans in chapter 5. Romans in chapter 5. 
Romans chapter 5 is a great chapter on justification because he just talked about how to be justified. And you're not justified by the law. You're justified by faith and faith alone in chapter 4. And in chapter 5 and verse 1, he starts off with being justified by faith. We have peace with God. See, we were under the wrath of God. God's righteousness is unto all, but his righteousness is only upon them that believe. Now, the wrath of God was upon all, but it's only upon them who will not believe. So understand, there is a great consequence in people not accepting the payment Christ made for them. You and I who have already trusted Christ as our Savior, we know we have eternal life. But you'll notice down here in verse 9. Look in verse 9. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. So we don't have to worry about going to hell. We have been saved from the wrath to come. We're not going there. You see, we have accepted the payment that Christ made on the cross for. So we're going to heaven. So now the question is, what about God's children? There's another big issue that we talk about. And God says in his word that every Christian, though he's saved, not by any works that he's done. The Bible says that every believer is going to be judged by his works. So you and I are going to be judged by our works, but the destiny has already been taken care of. You see, we're already going to heaven. So being judged by your works is not to determine our destination, which most people get wrong. They think that how you live determines your destination. Living bad is not what sends you to hell. Trying to live good is not what sends you to heaven. Your destination is dependent upon did you or did you not accept Christ as your Savior. You don't do that, you don't go to heaven. But after you trusted Christ as your Savior, what is the will of God. Here's a statement. Christians can never sin cheaply. They pay a heavy price for iniquity. Transgressions destroy peace of mind, obscures fellowship with Christ, hinders your prayers, brings darkness over the soul. Therefore, be not the serf or bondman of sin. You see, we often think about how Terrible it was in American history when we had slaves. And yet when you sin, you voluntarily choose to be a slave of sin. Majority of God's children, though they have been set free, voluntarily choose to be a slave of their old sinful nature. And they rebel against the very God who saved them, gave them eternal life, and set them free where you can serve them because you love them. You see, if you're ruled by sin in your life and you're disobedient to the Lord, Christians can never sin cheaply. It means there's a great price every Christian must pay. Now, the payment's not held. Punishment taken care of. But there is a price that a person has to pay. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. So we're judged by our works. Now, take your Bible because I want you to see this. So important. And turn to the book of Hebrews in chapter 6. The book of Hebrews in chapter 6. Make sure you look in the Bible and see what the Bible has to say. This is Colorado Community 
church. We're a Bible church. We believe the Bible. We want you to know the Bible. We want you to mark the Bible. Here's a good verse to mark in your Bible if it's not marked. Look there in chapter 6 and look at verse 10. Verse 10. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love. Don't you think that as a child of God, you ought to have some works and some labor of love? If God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have showed toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. In other words, you are to learn the word of God so that you can minister. Hold your place right there and look, look in verse 11 of chapter 5. Straight across the column. He said in verse 11, Of whom we have many things to say, hard to be uttered, seeing you are dull of hearing. Hard of hearing. For when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, mature. Even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. The reason you study the Bible is so that you can grow strong and become mature in the Lord. And when you have become mature in the Lord, the reason for that is so that you can minister. And you can minister, and you know in the back of your mind, there isn't anything you can do for the Lord that he'll forget. God is not unrighteous to forget your work and your labor of love. Nobody else may not see it. They don't have to. But if you did it for the Lord, did he see it? And that's who you did it for? You see, it won't bother you if people don't see it and people don't appreciate you. Because you didn't do it for them anyway. You may minister and nobody appreciate it, but you did it. But God's going to honor you. Because God is, it would be a sin for God to forget your work and labor of love. But I do believe there are many of God's children who have no labor of love. And they have no works. You see, we don't do good works to go to heaven. We're already going to heaven. But God wants his children to do these good works. Now take your Bible and I want you to follow me now in the book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians look in chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And when you get to verse 8, I want you to have your pen out and you need to mark something here in verse 8. He that planteth, he that watereth, are one. In other words, we work together. And now, there's two words mentioned here. I want you to underline those two words. Every man. Every man. Now, we're talking to God's children. So this, if you have trusted Christ to save it, this includes you. You need to know what includes you. So in this verse, every man shall receive, shall receive his own what? Now, salvation is the gift of God. Rewards are earned. That's the result of your work and labor of love. You see, labor of love is the motive of why you did the work. 
Did you do it because you love the Lord? God's concerned about our motive. You see, if a man loves the Lord, he proves it by his works. You don't have to go to prove anything to go to heaven. You can be saved and not prove it to anybody. But God says, if you love me, serve me. So any Christian who does not serve the Lord doesn't love the Lord. Now, I don't like the book. I'm just telling you what it says. If you don't serve the Lord, you don't love the Lord. You may be thankful for your salvation, but you love the world more than you love the Lord. You love maybe your job, prestige, or honor, fame, glory, whatever it is, if you don't serve the Lord God's way, then you don't love the Lord. I'm just telling you what it says. In other words, don't fool yourself. Don't become a hypocrite. Don't proclaim what a great lover of God you are. When you have no time to study his word, no time to serve, when you can't be obedient to the Lord, something's wrong in your spiritual life. Now get what he says. Every man shall receive his own reward according to what? His own labor. Does God expect every man to have labor? Every man to do good work. Does God expect that? Yes. Do you have to do it? No. No, you don't. Look in verse 10. In verse 10, he makes a statement. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, which is Christ. Another buildeth thereon. Now get this. And let, and here's two words. I want you to underline those two words. Every man. Every man. Let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. Take heed how you live your life. Take heed what is important in your life. And you'll be surprised. The Bible says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. A lot of people are give out, totally exhausted, shot, have no energy, no excitement, no passion, because there's no joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. No strength because no joy. Keep it in mind. Now, we'll move it on down here a little bit more. Look there in verse 12. In verse 12, he says, if, and you ought to underline it, any man, any man. So we talk about every man, every man. Any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones. That would be the good things. Hay, wood, and stubble. That would be the things of the flesh that doesn't count. And look at verse 13. See the first two words? Every man's work shall be made manifest. In other words, God knows, God sees, it's going to be revealed. You see, everything you have done and will do for the Lord... When you get to heaven at the judgment seat of Christ, everything you have done for God is going to be manifest. Everybody's going to know what you did for the Lord. Sins are not brought up at the judgment seat of Christ. But your works are. What did you do for the Lord? How important is it? And you're either going to be thankful and hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant, or are you going to be ashamed? Look what else he says. In the last part of verse 13, and the fire shall try every man's work. Every man. See, nobody can make you do anything. You can live your life any way you please, and you'll still go to heaven. 
Because you're going to heaven because he loved you. And he paid for your sins. And going to heaven is a gift. It's free. The price was right. Now, rewards are earned. And if you get a reward, it'll be the price is right. You earned that. You earned it. And you're going to get exactly what you deserve. When you sit down here and you say, well, this isn't fair, and that's not fair, and this isn't fair, and that's not fair, and you whine and pine and moan and groan, when you get to heaven, the price is right. God's going to do right by you. God is not going to sin against you by not rewarding you for what you did for him. So it doesn't matter if everybody agrees or believes. It's you and God. Do you know him? Do you love him? Serve him like you love him. Serve him like you really can trust him. You know, a lot of God's children, I think, have a problem with trusting the Lord. They just don't believe he's going to come through. Well, that's because, see, you're maybe a babe in Christ. You're not mature enough in the Lord to discern right from wrong. He says, by reason of use, because you learn and you put it into practice. You've learned how to trust the Lord and trust the Lord and trust the Lord. See, the reason you can trust the Lord today is because you have some past successful experiences. No past successful experiences of trusting the Lord, then you're going to question and doubt them today. But you learn and you grow. And God keeps giving you bigger problems and you go over that one. And bigger problems and your faith grows and strong in the Lord. That's what God wants. Oh, look what it says in verse 14. Verse 14. If any man, if any man's work abide which he hath built thereon, he shall receive what? Reward. So, you see, where does good works come in the Christian life? Well, you don't do good works to be saved. That would make salvation a result of your works. And God says, it's not of works, lest any man should boast. So you're not saved because of your works. But after you have trusted Christ as your Savior, God wants you to know how important your work is, how important your life is. So he tells us over and over again what he wants us to do. Look there in verse 15. Verse 15, if any man's work shall be burned, he shall go to hell. No, you're going to suffer the loss, the loss of rewards that you could have had. So that's why Christians can never sin cheaply. You don't even know what those rewards are. But it's equal, it's equal to the pay, according to the work. God is not going to shortchange you. You're going to be so glad you dedicated your life to serving. You're going to be so glad of everything you've given up, everything you've sacrificed in this life for the cause of Christ. Because you'll win in the long run. You can't lose. I know that God has to bless me. God doesn't have a choice. I got him bound by his word. He promised I believe it. God says if I serve him, he would bless me. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. And my father is going to honor me, and I know that. And if I serve him faithfully, I know that God can use me. But you see, if you don't serve the Lord, you don't love the Lord, then God's not obligated to use you at all. He can put you on a shelf and let you just rot away. Live your life, accomplish nothing, and when you get to heaven, you're going to see what it costs you. Christians can never sin cheaply. They pay a heavy price 
for their disobedience. Now, take your Bible, look in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2. Aren't you having fun this morning? Look in verse 2. Moreover, it is required in a um, steward that a man be found, what's that word? Faithful. Every man, if a man, blah, 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 it's required that a man be found faithful. Faithful to what? The word of God. Faithful to the Lord. You see, if you'll be faithful, but you can't be faithful if you don't know what he requires. That's why you study the Bible. At camp, we try to convince the kids why they ought to study the Bible. We want them to learn as many verses as they possibly can. How of all shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to thy word. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. The entrance of thy word giveth light. All these things are so important because... You cannot know the will of God unless you know the word of God. So it's the will of God to know the word of God so you can know the will of God. Isn't that simple? That is so clear. 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy and chapter 2. We often use this scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 2 because we want college kids to know the importance of studying the Bible. So we often tell them, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Look what he says here. Study to show off. Know what it says? Study to show thyself a what? Approved unto God. In other words, a person who is fit to be used. You see, to, to go to heaven, you just had to qualify. You had to be a sinner. You met that qualification, didn't you? Now, as a child of God who needs to be used by God, then you'll have to be a vessel that's fit, prepared unto every good work. And you see, when you're limited in knowledge, you're limited in ministry. Look what else he says here. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman, a workman. Why would you study the Bible? To be a what? A workman. You're going to be judged by your work. So you need to study the Bible if you're going to do a work for the Lord. You know why a lot of people don't need to come to Sunday school? They don't need to come on Sunday nights or when Why? Because they don't care about being a workman. If I'm going to be a workman, you want to learn as much as you possibly can. Study the Bible. Because this is where your power comes from. There's power in knowledge. And spiritual knowledge gives you spiritual power. Look what else he says. A workman that needeth not to be what? Ashamed. In other words, if you don't study, you can't work, and you are going to be ashamed. You're going to be ashamed of yourself. Now listen, I'm not the judge. I'm not God. I'm not the Holy Spirit. I'm just telling you, did you know this is in the Bible? You notice that I'm not twisting any of these scriptures. I'm not trying to make it say something that it doesn't say. I'm th this is what it says, doesn't it? And so you have got to come up with an alternative to all these scriptures if you're not going to serve the Lord. You've got to, you better be getting your answer ready. Tell God why you didn't do it. The one thing that scares me all these years is I, I come so close to saying no to the Lord. I came this close not going to Bible school. 
Because I didn't even know what they were. I thought I was going to go to Bible school. It's going to be a Bible. I had no clue. But I knew there has to be something more in my life than what I had. Something more worth living for than getting up in the morning, going to work and coming home and going to bed and getting up and going to work and coming home and going to bed and getting up and going to work and coming home. and going. There's got to be more to life than that. When Christ says then that you may have life and you may have it more abundantly, I want an abundant life. I want an abundance of fruit. When I get to heaven, I want to see people that I've led to Christ. I want to see people there that heard the gospel through my mouth. Maybe you have no interest in that. Get into the book. Study the word of God. And if what I'm showing you isn't there, okay, then that's good. But if it's in there, what are you going to do? You're going to cut them out? If you go through and you start cutting all these verses out of the Bible, you're not going to have much left, are you? But is that verse just as important as Ephesians 2, 8, and 9? It's in the Bible. If that verse is true, well, maybe this verse is true. Look what he says. Not to be changed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. You cannot discern error if you do not know truth. And that's why you know truth. Now, I want you to look at verse 19. Without growing in the Lord, becoming strong in the Lord, you're going to have your faith overthrown. It means that you're not going to be strong in your belief about trusting the Lord. The questions and the doubts that will come in your life. Your purpose in life. All those are things that happen and destroys your faith. See the verse right before that? Where he made the statement, who concerned the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past. Overthrow the faith of something. You're not going to have the faith to serve God. You'll think, well, God can use somebody else. Let God do this. Get somebody else instead of you doing it. Some people miss out on a lot of wonderful blessings because they come disguised as work. What joy can you have driving a bus? The joy of the Lord is my strength. My wife and these others that have worked in the kitchen. Why are they doing it? Because they know those kids are they're getting fed the word of God. He takes off of work and goes just so he can help in camp. And he took care of the athletes, uh, athletic, what do you call it? All the activities. Did a wonderful job. But he came and sat right down here on this pew about five years ago. Him and his wife, they're trusting Christ as Savior. Well, I married them together. Jesse and his wife, well, I married them together too. Do you think this have an impact in people's lives? You say, well, that's because you're the pastor. Why am I the pastor? Because when I was 22 years old, I decided to go to Bible school and learn the word. Because I didn't want to be just a person who sat on a church pew for the rest of my life. Wondering, I wonder what I could have done. I wonder if I could have made a difference. I wonder if I could have had compassion enough to change. God, you change people's lives. Look what he says here in verse 19. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. Now get this. The Lord knoweth them that are his. Does God know you? He's the one that fathered you. You're his child. He knows you. And look what he says in the next verse. The Lord knoweth them that are his. And you ought to underline these three words. Let everyone, everyone. Well, that just means some people. That means other people. Uh, that's just the missionary and the evangelist and the pastor. No, this is to Timothy and the church. He says, get this. Let everyone that nameth the name of Christ. Is that you? Do you name the name of Christ? 
You call yourself a child of God? You call yourself a Christian? Uh, then this is written to you. What, what did he say? What, what did he want you to do? Look at it. Look at it. Depart from what? Every sin in your life isn't cheap. It's costing you something dearly. And you won't know it until it's too late. You say, well, how, why can't I wait? Wait, 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 wait. Take God at his word and just believe him. That's called living by faith. And get what else he has here. You'll notice here in verse 21. If a man, see that? If a man, see what God tells you he wants you to do, then it's your choice. A man may, a man may not. Nobody can make you do anything. Listen, do you realize we ought to be so thankful some, some of God's children who have served the Lord for years now that they've got a little bit older and they help finance the ministry we have here. Physically, maybe there's a lot of things they can't do, but they help fund this ministry so that we can have a one and so that we can have the internet and so that we can have the youth ranch and so we can run a bus and so we can do all the things that we're doing because there's some people here that are old enough and maybe they can't, but they're able to Make fruit abound to their account. And every person in this ministry is vital to this ministry. Every person is important to this ministry. Because some people, maybe they can't do a lot of the things, but they can pray. They might be able to give. They can encourage. Don't limit yourself by your own limited thinking. Look what he says. In verse 21, If a man therefore purge himself from these, these are decisions you make yourself. Yeah, what else he said? He shall be, not might, he shall be a vessel unto honor, set apart, sanctified, and meet or fit for the master's use and prepared, prepared unto every good work. You have to prepare. Do y'all see a difference in the life of Jesse Martinez? You've heard him speak. That don't happen automatic. He's been preparing He's studying. He's putting forth the effort. And he has sacrificed. But there's a consequences. There's results. He has been faithful. Why is God raising him up? Just like in the Old Testament. God lays his hand upon a man like David. And raises him up. And I believe God has laid his hand upon Jesse. And he's raising him up. But you see, in every one of these Steps that he's gone through, he's been found faithful. And he's faithful, and he keeps learning more and applying it. He pretty much ran camp this year. He took the responsibility. He did an awesome job. All I had to do was sit back and relax and enjoy. Well, almost all of it. <laughs> but him and Kyla did an excellent job. I was very proud of them. And they were very prepared, and they organized great and did an awesome job. And uh, he, even, he even told this guy what to do, and he did it. And he was telling a lot of people what to do. He even told me what to do. He told me when I was going to speak. And then he even told me when I was preaching. Five minutes left. <laughs> Ain't that true? Said back here, five minutes. <laughs> I used to be in charge. But the reason is because... He went to Bible school. You said, well, you expect that. Wait, 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 wait. What about all the ones that could have gone and didn't go? What about somebody like 
John John, who came down here 47 years old, had a good job, but he gave it all up, come to school. And you watch and see how John John comes along. You can't believe it, but Tyler did a great job. Did you know that Trent spoke twice? Excellent job. And he still got two years to go. But when he first came, he was nervous as a cat on the hot tin roof. You ought to see him now. He was so nervous, he could throw the sew machine while it was running. <laughs> but you see, when you put the Lord first, you'd be surprised how God can develop you and, and things that you can learn and do. What if they hadn't done it? You'd be surprised. We have the floor Bible college. We got it set up. I did it because I believe that it's, it helps us to fulfill our responsibility. All the way through, and we study this, it's all talking about God's children learning God's word. Did you know in the Bible time, in the first century, the Bible says they met every day. Read Acts and see if it don't say that. And they turned the world upside down. We're not going to turn the world upside down meeting one day on a Sunday morning. We may want to and desire to, but it's going to be some who say, I want more. And they sacrifice. You got to see, you don't have to tell me why you're not going to do something, but you're going to have to tell God why you didn't. Every one of us are responsible, yes or no. You got to figure out how you're going to answer these verses. You have to figure out in your mind, how can I fulfill my God-given responsibility? What does God want me to do? You should ask yourself, what is God's will for me? I'm trying to help you. Some of y'all probably could come to college this morning. But you'll have to sacrifice. You might have to give up something. I went to Florida Bible College with a wife and two kids and no job. Thought I was going to die. Well, I did. And wondering how in the world am I going to get out of there. You see, God is moved when he sees a reckless abandonment to faith. When you don't know how you're going to do it, but you know it's what God wants you to do. And you put it first and you do it. But make sure if you come to college, you come on your faith, not mine. I have just enough for me. I don't have enough for you. You have to get your faith from the Lord. Where you believe what God's word says, and you say, God, I want you to use me. And I want to prepare myself to every good work. Notice what else he says. Look in verse 26. And they, that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, who are taken captive by him and his will. Did you know that if you don't know the word of God... If you don't know the word of God, you are taken captive by him and his will. You'll believe the lie and you'll be deceived and you'll live for something that won't amount to a hill of beans a hundred years from now. And that verse goes up to verse 15. Study to show thyself that you may recover yourself from the snare of the devil. You can't see the devil. But what he does is he lies to you. You can't do that. You're too old. Am I too old? For what? Oh, depending on what you want to do. You say, skydiving. Okay, I'm too old for skydiving. I had somebody say, you've got to have a parachute to skydive. No, you don't. You have to have a parachute if you want to do it twice. <laughs> but if one time sufficient for you, then that's all you need. Take your Bible and turn. Some of y'all just getting that. <laughs> Turn very quickly to Romans in chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. 
I want y'all to make sure when you get to heaven, you can't say, well, I didn't know I was supposed to do that. And I'm going to stand up and say, Lord, I told them. I told them. But I, I can't make anybody do anything. I just know I've never heard anybody say, you know, I regret. I regret serving the Lord. <laughs> I am so sorry I went to Bible school and served the Lord. I'm just so sorry. But I've seen a lot of people who are sitting there, I'm so glad it changed my whole life. So what is Bible college? place where you study the Bible. Now, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with studying the Bible? Don't you think you ought to study the Bible? And you know that whenever you come to church on Sunday morning, oh, we're having a little Bible study right now, and you'll learn a little bit. But how would you like to do it four or five hours a day, five days in a row, four or five years in a row? You'll have to learn something and remember something. See, you come to church, guess what? I'm not going to have an exam when the class is over. You didn't have to memorize any verses this morning. Aren't you glad? But when you go to Bible college, you do. You're going to have to pay the price. But the price is right. The price is right. We work with anybody who wants to come. You say, you're always trying to push to Bible college. I'm pushing Bible study. I'm pushing for people to be fit for the master's use. Now, here in Romans in chapter 12, these are two awesome verses. In verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren. I wonder who that's talking to. Who do you think that's talking to? Those lost heathen out there, right? Is that, could be talking to God's children. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. That means in view of what God did for you. That you present. Get this. You present your bodies. Let me see. How many of y'all have a body? Let me see your hand. I want to see. Do you know what it is? It's that house you're living in, that body. Present your body. That goes that's with your eyes and your ears and your nose, your mouth, your legs, your arms, your whole body. Present that body as a living sacrifice. God did not ask you to die for him. He died for you. He wants you to live for him, not die, live as a living sacrifice. In other words, you sacrifice the desires of the flesh. The things you want, the praise, the honor, the glory, the material things of this world. Will you sacrifice that for the will of God? That's where the rubber meets the road. He said this. Present your body a living sacrifice. Holy. That means you need to do right. Acceptable unto God. Which is your reasonable. See that word service? So we're not talking about how to get to heaven. Salvation going to heaven is always free. The price is right there. Service, the price is right. God says, because of what I did for you, would you present your bodies a living sacrifice? Now look at the next verse. And be not conformed to this world. Did you know the majority of God's children live like the world? You can't tell them any difference. They act like the world, think like the world. I mean, it's just like the world. And they don't honor God. They don't support God's work. Did you know... We better be thankful for all the people in the ministry that does support the ministry because if they didn't do it, we wouldn't have one, would we? We wouldn't have one at all. So we are thankful for the people who do believe that what God's word says is true and are willing to support it. But a lot of people who could do something, they won't do it. They got money, they could probably do a lot of things and don't do anything. I'm just, I don't know. I don't know who gives and who doesn't give. I don't, I don't check the books. I don't even want to know. I know what I do. I don't know what you do. And I do that for a reason. 
I don't want to treat you any different than what somebody else does. You know, just play up to the, the tithers, you know. And I don't want to say something because this might offend somebody. Since I don't know what anybody does, or if anything, I don't have to tiptoe through the tithers. I just say it and let it go. Look what he says. Be not conformed to this world. If that verse is true, that statement is true, then God does not want you to be like the world. Yes or no? But he also said, but be transformed. Transformed. By the renewing of your what? Mind. I wonder how you do that. Renew my mind with what? Newspapers. TV. Watch news. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm supposed to renew my mind with the word of God. Think that's possible. Yeah. Right. Renew your mind that you may prove or discover what is that good and acceptable. And look at the last three words. Perfect will of God. Perfect will of God. Now, is that what you want? Then you'll have to renew your mind. You can't conform to this world. And remember this statement that I read right from the beginning. Christians can never sin cheaply. They pay a heavy price for iniquity. Transgression destroys peace of mind, obscures fellowship with Christ, hinders prayer, brings darkness over the soul. Therefore, be not the serf of the bondman of sin. Do you think you can sin against God and get away with it? Don't let the devil deceive you. Don't let the devil tell you it ain't worth it. Think what you're giving up. You're a fool. Think what you could do in this world. Think of your athletic ability and what you can accomplish. Look at all the fame. Look at the millions of dollars you can make. Or look how beautiful you are. Why, you could be a movie star. <laughs> Satan offered Jesus Christ the worlds, the kingdoms of the world. He said, no. And the devil will walk up to you and he'll ring some little bell and get your attention. Wouldn't you like to have this little cheapy thing? What's it costing you? I can't make you serve God. I just want you to. I just know that if we had one Jesse, wouldn't it be neat if we had 10? Wouldn't it be neat if we had 20? What could we do if we had 100 like that? And they all wanted to serve the Lord. Do you realize the impact we could make? And God uses people at different ages, different stages. But as he says here, fit for the master's use. I want you to be fit for the master to use. One, one more verse before we, we quit. And that's in 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy, look at it real quick. As you read the Bible, you'll find out a lot of times it says, and um, you know, in closing, or finally, my brethren, and then he goes on for another two chapters. <laughs> Boy, am I glad I'm not like that. But in 2 Timothy chapter, chapter 3, look what he says here in verse 4. Because he talks about perilous times to come. Traitors, heady, high-minded. And this one little statement will pretty much determine your course of life. Lovers of pleasure. See that word more? You ought to circle that word more. More than lovers of God. Which way are you? Which one are? Which one does he talk about? Do you love the pleasures of this world more than you are a lover of God? When you get to heaven, 
Do you know the Bible says the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking for a man that God can show himself strong on his behalf. God is looking for somebody. You know what he looks for? He looks for faith. Hey, look, does that person have faith? That person's got faith. That person got faith. You know, they're going to have a, later on, they might have, everybody got a chip. They're looking for these chips. They're looking for the chips. They can find you anywhere. God is looking for faith. And Jesus even said, when the Son of Man come, will he find faith upon the earth? Look up here. When he says, present your body, when do you think he wants you to do that? When? Now? What if he says, um, present your body as a living sacrifice? Um, how does he want you to present it? Holy? Acceptable unto God? Why? Because he wants you to present your body that you may not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, if God can get your mind, he can get everything else you got. If he can't get you here, he can't get anything you have. Or you do it begrudgingly. Remember this. God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of, of the Lord. See, everything you do for the Lord, you will win. Maybe not in this life. But when we get to heaven, it will be worth it all. This hand represents you and me. The wallet represents sin. We all have sin on us. God loves us. Now, he hates our sin, but he loves us. And for us to pay for sin is eternal separation from God in a place called hell. God doesn't want us to go to hell. He doesn't want anybody to go to hell. But he can't let them go to heaven because they're not perfect. And God is a just God. But he made it possible for every man to go to heaven. He paid for all their sins. But he gives you the choice. Will you, will you believe it or not? You see, to go to heaven, we have to be perfect as righteous as God. And none of us are perfect. We've all come short of God's perfection. And God says, you can't earn eternal life. You can't work for it. The only way we can get to heaven is believing that, letting this hand represent Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ came into this world because he loved us, hates our sin because it separates us. So Christ took the sin, paid for it on the cross, came back from the dead, and said if we would believe he did it for us, he would put this payment to our account, and we go to heaven on what Christ did for us. You don't earn that. You don't work for it. It's not by your works. Salvation, going to heaven, is... The gift of God. And sometimes people say, well, Yankee, all he knows is grace, grace, grace. I want you to tell him, today he spoke on work, work, work. <laughs> but I don't believe you have to do works to be saved. Because you're saved by grace, not by your works. But if you want rewards, and you want to be used, and you want to be blessed, and you want peace, and you want the joy, then serve the Lord with all your heart. Nobody can make you, but if you decide to do it, nobody can stop you. Isn't that good news? That's good. Let's pray, shall we? Every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around. If you're here this morning and you have never trusted Christ as your Savior, maybe you've heard about it, but you've never understood. I hope that something that I said makes it clear for you. And i like to know, and i like to have prayer for you. So I'm going to ask you in just a moment, if what I said may sense to you and you will trust Christ as your Savior to go to heaven. It's not by your works. Will you trust Christ right now as, a, as your Savior? And he said he would give you eternal life and never cast you out. Is there anyone at all? Just slip your hand up very quickly, put it right back down. Yes, God bless you. Anyone else? Just slip it up, put it right back down. There's no tricks or no gimmicks. 
if you have already trusted Christ as your Savior, you're God's child. In view of what you've heard this morning, how are you doing? Do you love the Lord enough that you can trust him with your life? Do you love him enough that you can trust him with your life? As Jesse said at camp, will you take a risk on God? Take the chance. See what God might be able to do in your life. I pray that you will. Father, we thank you again for your blessings to us. And Father, I pray that you'll bless each one here today. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.